The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. Matt, episode 30. Oh. Can you believe it? No. Episode 30. I didn't make think we'd make it past episode one. I've used that line way too many times. i got to come up with something more original. you used it three times so far. I've used it three times. Um, with, I'm, I am Coach Larry. With me, as always, Matt Keo. Matt, I don't know. This is going off the rails quickly. Should we should we stop or just keep going? Just keep going off All the right, rails. We'll, we'll just keep going off the rails. All right. Uh, with us today is Hannah Montante. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you for coming on. And um, we are a soccer player um, and also you did gymnastics, a little personal training, a uh, little bit of everything. Yeah. So what... Um, Tell us a little bit about personal training. How'd you get into that? So I've been a personal trainer for, oh God, how old am I? 21. I've been a personal trainer for six years. I got my certification at 16. Oh, wow. Okay. I was already working in my first gym. So then I just kind of used it there and was able to start training people there. And it just kind of took off. That's awesome. Now, soccer's your big sport, correct? Yeah. So when you got into personal training, did you find it um, that it benefited your soccer game, your soccer uh, uh, time when you were playing? Yeah, for sure. It um, like Certain things I would do on or off the field, even during training, I was able to see like where I was going wrong that most people didn't realize, and then I could just fix it myself. It played a huge role in me not getting hurt as much. Awesome. A little injury prevention. In fact, it's funny. We did uh, injury prevention with our soccer team this year for the first time. And uh, I'm saying it's purely coincidence, but we had um, a season that we did our first injury prevention. And we did it every practice. We had two blown ACLs, a broken ankle, um, a quad contusion. I mean, we had every single injury. We, We brought up at least seven or eight girls from our JV team just because we couldn't stay healthy enough. I'm saying it's a complete fluke just for the fact that it was the first year we did injury prevention because I am a big believer in it. But the girls certainly used it. Like, why are we doing injury prevention when we're getting hurt? Yeah. Like, all right, you're getting hurt. But, I mean, in ACL, you're not, you know, those are coming out of the blue. Yeah, those are completely unplanned, unpredicted. Absolutely. I feel like when you focus more, like the first couple times on injury prevention – you're more likely to see like what's bothering you and stuff, and then you focus on taking the weight and pressure off that, and then you heard something else. So it's just a matter of knowing your limits with what yeah. you got. Seeing physically where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, what you need to correct um, yeah. so you're not overcompensating. Perfect. Well, we're going to delve into that more as we go on, but we're going to come in hot with a little Olympics talk. And Matt, not, a, not an Olympic person. Not the winter. I mean, I watch hockey. That's about it. Has the hockey tournament started? I know the women's has. Has the, women's the men has. started? Yeah. Has the men started yet? What is the face for? You, hockey? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Since when? I love hockey. Since when? <laughs> I don't know. Since I was a little kid. 
never heard a word yeah. about hockey from you. I love hockey. <laughs> and the girls, the girls' national team actually played their entire game wearing M95 masks oh. and won 6-1. Wait, did they really? Uh-huh. I've not I've I've watched highlights of one of the Olympic games. I didn't even notice they're they're playing in masks. Well, the the, the Canadian team was at least the entire game M ninety five masks too, not just like those surgical ones. That's tough too. That's got to be really tough. I know. I know. For the uh, last year, we had to play. Um, this year, they were a little more lenient. But last year, we played our soccer games, and it was funny because it was a league rule that. You know, we play in the NFL, the Niagara Frontier League, and they kind of said, all right, we're going to leave it up to teams. Art, as long as everybody's wearing them while you're on the sideline. So our our AD, our school came out and said, nope, everybody's wearing them throughout the whole entire game. So our girls have the masks on. Girls from every other school, they started the game when the masks on. The second the whistle blew, masks went down. They just kept playing. Our girls had to keep the masks on the whole time. Not that we really yelled at them at all if it if it went down, but I thought that I mean it was it was a tough year. I mean there were times where I would do some of the drills with the girls and running with the girls with my mask on. I'm like, holy cow, this is this is awful. Now usually now that I'm in this great of a shape as I am, I'm like, holy cow, this is awful. <laughs> but yeah, training with a mask on in any capacity is much tougher than most people think. Oh, for sure. There it- comes the fact of the um oxygen masks that people were using before but then you wear just normal masks and you really see how tough it is yeah i was gonna say and now there's isn't there a training like oxygen deprivation where you're running on treadmills and basically like i've seen some where they they have the snorkel it almost looks like a snorkel thing on and it limits the amount of oxygen getting into their body yeah absolutely it's um it's just a way to train your lungs just to be stronger but at the same time they're being monitored with all different types of medical equipment just to make sure that their oxygen levels don't go too low. They don't that they don't basically start crashing while yeah. they're running. Which is I always I saw that um, a couple years ago. People train and it it's just crazy to think about. And like you said, it's it's a lot of soccer players. It's a lot of distance runners, marathon runners. But also I noticed, too, it was a lot of, um, like, mixed martial artists or boxers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which, you know, boxing, a lot of people don't realize that you need to you need to be in tip-top shape. You know, a lot of people, especially with boxing, they just think, well, that guy's strong, that guy's big, he's going to be able to do it. If you don't have the cardio, it's it's you're going to be gassed quick. Yeah, it's insanely hard. I, was, I picked up boxing with my uncle and one of our friends, Matt knows him, um, we play kickball together, and I'm in pretty decent shape. That killed me. I was exhausted within the first 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. I did boxing for a little bit myself, and it's, uh, you, you know, you train for it a little bit, and then when you get in there for the first sparring match or whatever, and it's, you go three rounds, and you're like, holy cow, I feel like I just ran, like, a, a marathon. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's not even just, like, the... In fact that like you're breathing hard, it is your muscles are dead. Yep, they're done. Oh, absolutely. All right, but going back to the Olympics, um, listen, I love curling. I don't know why. I I love curling, so I get super excited on Winter Olympics because that is the only time that I'll get to watch curling. I I love it. I I learned about it's you got to get it into the house. That's like the big circle, the buttons like the middle of the circle. I just learned this year. Apparently, if you get last throw, it's called having the hammer. 
which is oh. apparently like a big advantage to have the hammer. Um, I always thought like I'm Italian, like playing bocce. I always thought it was kind of like just bocce on ice. Basically, that's how I looked at it. But I, I love curling. Do you guys have any like big Olympic events? Doesn't have to be anything. Um, Matt, you said you love hockey. Yeah. Hannah, any like big Olympic events, even if it's just obscure? Mostly gymnastics, honestly. Just whenever they have it, whenever they decide to have it. <laughs> I mean, college gymnastics are doing a thing. Are competing right now. I saw that on social media, and that's actually this year. I've never seen more. Not even athletic. It's just their ability to throw the stunts that they do is just insane this year oh, yeah. over most. Oh, yeah. It's um, – I always thought and, – and looking at uh, the gym, uh, gymnasts' like, legs, I mean, their quads are, like, just yeah. like double the size. Like, they're just, like, immensely strong. Oh, they're pure muscle. Yeah. And I could see, like, especially doing the tumbles, doing the flips, doing the jumps, like, even just balancing on the balance beams or stuff – You've got to have like like just legs and quads, especially of steel. Oh yeah, it, the the amount of muscle that that takes, and then the amount of muscle, even like comparing to soccer, completely different. There's just there's no comparison to it. Oh, absolutely, for sure. They are like super strong. Um, and another one, I love the Olymp- the the Winter Olympics. Do you guys know about the biathlon? Oh yeah, yeah. The the skiing and then the shooting. I was watching that the other day. I didn't know the rules at all, but I thought it was – I don't know who invented this sport where you can cross-country ski and then just, you know what, eh, I've gone a mile. It's time to shoot. Let's just, like, lay down. you got to shoot from laying down. Then you got to shoot from standing up. If you – apparently in one, if you miss, you've got to do, like, a penalty lap. So yeah. you go, like, and you do, like, a loop, which I think it's maybe, well, like, two, 300 meters or something like that. I don't know. It would kill me. Um yeah, on the ground. Have any of you guys done cross country skiing before? I, I used to. Nope. You used to? I did it yeah. once, and it was exhausting. Yeah, it's rough. Um, and it killed my knees, probably because yeah. I was doing it wrong. But it killed my knees. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I had my dad to like kind of make the rows before me, and then I would go in the same like lanes that he would. Oh, so was your dad then a cross country skier too? He or? used to be. Oh, okay, back in his day. <laughs> He's old now. <laughs> Stop ripping on your father. <laughs> No, it's I'm not. It's a, it's a matter of fact. It's just, it's tough. Like, we went out just, I mean, uh, Vicky and I went out just to have fun, and it was it was fun for, like, 10 minutes, and I'm like, Hold, okay, this is, like, this is too much of a workout right now. Like, this is, I wasn't ready for it. It was tough. Your legs are burning. I fell down a few times, <laughs> which is a lot harder to get up on skis. <laughs> but uh, it was tough. It was fun, but it was tough. Yeah, it's all right. It's definitely... A young person's game. A young person's game. You are young. I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's more demanding on your knees, so you do it while you're young, because when you're older, it's going to hurt a lot more. That's true. Very true. Very true. All right. Um, I suppose we should talk about the, uh, I think there's a big game coming up this Sunday. The Pooper Bowl? The Pooper Bowl. The the should-be Super Bowl. First off, should the Pro Bowl still be a thing? No. Okay, thank you. No, I think absolutely. I not. think the like the teams that finished last should play for the first round draft pick instead of pros playing each other. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, it's and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a fan of the NHL All Star Game either. I think it's all All Star games are jokes. They're terrible. Now I do like the skills competition. Yeah. I like the the NHL skills competition and the skills competition for the for the Pro Bowl. But other than that, 
I know if they wanted to expand on the skills competition, that's cool. Add a few more events there, but I don't need to see a game where you got a bunch of high-priced, high-paid athletes kind of not even playing. Not it just eh, you know, did I'm going to catch the ball. Did you hear about Alvin Kamara? Yeah, he he's facing up to potentially 5 years in prison. Yeah. So he committed an assault charge the night before the Pro Bowl, played the game and then got arrested after the that's game. That's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Wait, it was the I didn't realize it was the night before the it was Pro the Bowl. The night before he committed assault charge. Now, was it like domestic dispute? I or, have no idea. Like all I heard was assault charge. I don't know. Did he go to a bar? And he was probably out. I know a lot of the players were going out, and uh, he won't be playing this year. Nope. Oh, I'm sure he'll find a nice lawyer, and I'm sure he'll get it knocked down. No, he, hey, even Michael Vick spent some time in prison. So I mean, <laughs> and he, I mean that was for dog fighting. So I mean, it's like I don't know. Um, all I'm saying is Deshaun Watson is still that hasn't been fully available to figured you. out, right? Uh, is, we'll see. I don't think so. Yeah, how I many, how many counts were there? Thirty five, twenty three, way more than one. Ben A Roethlisberger lot. got away with stuff too. He did. He did. Yeah. But well, that's what I mean. He had a good lawyer, and he got out of it. That is true. So I think Kamara's, you know, he's got enough money to get a good lawyer and get out of it. So does Deshaun Watson, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Clearly, that's not going anywhere. That is true. But um, uh, the Rams versus the Bills. I mean, Rams versus the Bengals. Who do you guys got? I still think it's the Rams. I I want to say Bengals, but I think Rams. I want to yeah. say Bengals. I like the underdog, but. I don't want Joe Burrow or the Bengals to win it before the Bills and Josh Allen again. <laughs> Absolutely not. I just don't want it to be like there's another team that won the Super Bowl before Buffalo. Like I'm, I'm already pissed off because it should be us playing in the damn game anyways. As long as not the Chiefs. Thirteen seconds. I'm still bitter. But, I but, saw something where it said that uh, Patrick Mahomes is still not over the loss in the AFC Championship game, and he's like, "Is this trouble for the rest of the AFC or AFC?" And I was just like. No, the Bills are more pissed off than the Chiefs are. Yeah, really? <laughs> At least the Chiefs got the Chiefs got outplayed in that second half. Like they did like big time. We got screwed by a f- coin toss. Not even screwed. It shouldn't have come down to a coin toss. Yeah, How can you not play defense for thirteen seconds? I played Madden before. I know how to throw out a defense that can stop a team for thirteen seconds. I mean, that's what the Bengals did. Ah. Uh. But I digress. Um, I still think it's going to be a pretty good game, but I think the Rams are just going to – their defensive line is just too strong. They better score more than the last time they were in the the Super Bowl. They have to play more of an offensive-type game than defensive. Their defense is already so strong, they don't have to focus on that as their aspect of the game. Absolutely. But, I mean, and then you've got arguably the – greatest wide receiver in Cooper Cup. I mean, he's been just a man-child all season. Um, And Beckham's starting to come into form. Screw Beckham. Hey, he's going to have a ring. He's going to have a ring. Did He He didn't win one with the Giants, did he? No. Mm-mm. I was going to say, that was before the the Eli... Uh, well, they won the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl, and then they tanked. And that's how they are able to get OBJ. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So no. Very true. Yes, he came in the Super Bowl, or a year too late. But um, I think the Rams just get it, which I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Sean McVay either, their I mean, coach. But Matthew Stafford deserves it. I, I like Stafford, and 
tell me he's not doing backflips and just thanking the Lord that he's out of Detroit. Um, I mean, man, talk about a team that just wasted somebody's talent. Like he's how this is. He was eight years in Detroit, nine years. Yeah. I mean, man, he got drafted by him. Yeah, that's just wow. Yeah. But good for him, and I, I hope Stafford wins it. Burrow, I'm sure one day will win it, but just, just just not this year. Um, we would have cleaned his clock if we played him, hundred percent, absolutely. It would have been a good game, but I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy that says we should be in the Super Bowl, but damn it, we should be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we should. We 100%. should. <laughs> absolutely. All right, we're going to move off football before it continues to piss me off. <laughs> That's usually how it goes nowadays. That is. I'm a grouchy old man. I understand. I, I accept it. All right. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about trash talking. Now, Hannah, before we before we got on and started recording, you were saying you were uh, you have a ton of stories about trash talking. Now, were you were you the trash? Were you a big trash talker? Yeah, I was. Um, more in uh, soccer. I'm guessing their camp is is there trash talking in gymnastics or not really. Very little. There's not much you could really say, but like I can't see Stick it. Your landing. Like if somebody's loser. on the beam, but like miss, mess up. It's Slip. more so like outside the gym. If you know the people, like through social media or whatever. But when you're in the gym and you're in a meet, you can't really. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot's going on. You have to be so focused on whatever event you're doing or recovering from the last one to get to the next one that you don't even have time to think about it. I could definitely see that. Um, so soccer, let's, let's hear, you're a big, big trash. Now, what position did you play? Cause I was, I was a center midfielder myself. You name it. I played it. Okay. So more like just all around what, uh, what did you like playing better or what were you more, I guess, what did you mostly play defense? Okay. Um, seems like defenders and midfielders are more of the trash talkers. Yeah. Um, any, any big trash talkers come stories come to mind? Now, do you, now, do you find trash talking effective, first of all? Do you find it effective? To a point. Okay. All right. Um, and it, what's, what's some of your big trash talking stories that are coming to mind? Because I, I love trash talking. I find it very effective. All right. Uh, I got a few of them. One of them actually was when I was training in Germany. Um, I was trash talking this one girl... On the German team, we were playing the entire game, and her and I would just go at it and at it, and neither one of us would stop, like, fully beating on each other, just swearing at each other, and neither one of us stopped. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't understand her because she was speaking German. I was going to say, did she? So we... I'm sitting there. I'm like, I couldn't tell you what you're saying, but okay. <laughs> and but she, like, I know you're talking trash about me. And she was yelling at me. Like, you could just, like, the facial expressions, you could see it. And it's kind of funny because it ended up, be um it ended up with her and i being best friends oh, okay mm-hmm. like after the, so you ran into her then after the game or yeah just... so our teams had lunch or whatever after the game and we sat there and she kind of spoke some of her english that she knew and she was trying to teach me german and we still to this day talk and i went i think seven years ago that's awesome See, I, I love trash talking, and I always found it was funny where, like you said, a lot of the trash talkers or a lot of the people you talk trash with, you end up, you know, hitting it off with those with those people and making friends. Um, I always, in fact, I always, I loved trash talking against people that I, that I knew, like, playing against. Like, I found, like, if I was playing against 
um, whether it was high school and playing against guys that I knew in travel or vice versa. If I knew you, I was going to play harder than you, and I was going to trash talk the crap out of you because I knew a little bit about your, or sometimes a lot about your personal life, yeah. and I was going to bring it in. I know um, one, a good buddy of mine, he had, uh, this would have been uh, my junior year in high school, and I knew he had just got dumped by his girlfriend who oh, cheated on him. No. So, oh yeah, I made sure to all game long, and, he, and I was guarding him, and I knew I was guarding. I made sure all game long just to put it in his ear, but like, yeah, how do you think, you know, what do you think Jillian was doing with that guy? Was he, <laughs> like, just, I mean, he was, it was to the point where after the game, like, he even came up to me, he was like, okay, you went too far. I'm like, hey, we won. So obviously it was it was just enough, but uh, oh yeah, I I mean I was now after the game again you you know you you go out you 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 know say you're sorry whatever you make up but it's it, for me it was I'm gonna use every advantage to get into your head and if I see in, on the field whether I know you or don't know you if I see that it, it's getting you frustrated you miss a pass you miss a shot you whatever you take a swing at me whatever you do. If I can get you off your game for even a second, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do more, and I'm going to attack you more. Um, so I find tough trash talking very effective. I love it. I always got it from the parents, too. Oh, yeah. So oh, I have a horrible reputation of because of playing football, I learned how to hit dirty. So oh, okay. when I was playing up top on offense, I was able to use those hits, but it was constantly even like the parents. And there was times they tried to get physical with me. Really? Like oh, you had yeah. some parents that would try to like like push you or take a swing oh, yeah, at you? Oh, yeah, they or... tried to get in my face all the time. Like during the game? the ball or... accidentally went off the field into their face. <laughs> and then their daughters ended up with a broken bone or two. Really? So you got to the point where parents were like coming at you? Oh, yeah, I was evil. <laughs> I was the person that was probably the most hated on the soccer field. That's awesome. Who did you who did you play for for high school? I played for Amherst. Oh, okay. So you just now did you have any did you have anything that was off limits or would it just hey, I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to, to get an advantage? Oh no. As long as I was in their head, I didn't care what it took. And most of the time it worked. Yeah. And especially and it's it's funny because um like I said, for defenders and midfielders Oftentimes you're going against defenders, you're going against their strikers, their forwards. And again, this is just me being around soccer for, you know, since I was, I don't know, 10 years old, 11 years old. I always found that, you know, strikers tended to be a little more sensitive. Yeah. Strikers tended to be a little bit more of the, I guess, prima donnas, if you want to call them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where they, they often were the fastest players on the team. Not always, but they were often the fastest players on the team. They wanted to dribble by you. They wanted to um, get away clean. And if you touched them, if you leaned on them, if you talked about they were going to get frustrated, they were going to be a head case, they were going to, you know, you can throw them off your game. And uh, so that's why I, I found defenders can be just brutal. Oh, yeah, we're ruthless. There's no there's no off limits with us. Now, was that like everybody on your team or were you definitely the the leader of the trash talkers on your team? I was definitely the leader. I was also the leader of the physical fights, too. Okay. I got kicked off the field the most, too. Red cards? Yellow cards? Just yellow. I, okay. In my entire career, I've gotten three red cards. 
Wow. For for pushing, like fighting, or just... Oh, I beat the hell out of someone once. <laughs> Talk a little about that. Let's... Like a, like a legit... A legit fight? Oh, yeah. I had her pinned on the ground, and she was carted off the field with... I think it ended up being three broken ribs and a broken wrist. Okay, you got to back up and tell us how that's. Huh. We we got to talk about that. So what now? What year was this? How, you just I'm going to give you the mic. Tell okay. us how it happened. I don't even know when this was. When did we start playing kickball? Year like 2019. So yeah, right around there. Okay. It was getting to be like one of my last years playing Premier League, and this parent. I had known her. She was from a sister league, and I knew the daughter just from, like, mutual friends and stuff. I personally never liked her. She never liked me. So you already had a bit of a rivalry going on there. Yeah. Okay. Even though I didn't know her, I just kind of had, like, the gut feeling of, wow, I'm really not going to like her. Okay. And she was a midfielder, and I was playing, I think I was playing sweeper at this point. And... Her mom and her dad walked onto the field and grabbed her and started, like, trying to talk to her and, like, tell her to get at me and all this stuff and trying to get me down on the ground. Keep in mind, I'm 5'9", 165 pounds, and this girl is about 5'4", and maybe 120 when wet. So her parents were, like, tell, like basically saying, go after you? Yeah. They were trying to tell her to attack me. And then... Her parents got in my face, and I'm sitting there on the sidelines, and I just hear it from the complete opposite side of the field. So I go back in, and I switched out with our winger, and I said, let me take the throw-in. And we were right by their parents, too. So trying to think of how exactly it went, her parents started yelling at me, and then she tried to guard me while I was taking a throw-in. Like, almost like a volleyball guard. Like, with their hands, like, up against the nets. Okay. Like, just trying to... And you're taking the throw-in. Yeah. And at this point, I'm throwing almost to midfield from the goal line. So, it's really not... It's not really an obstacle for someone to put their hands in my face. Yeah. So then, my parents got up, and they were like, you need to back down, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, I look at the ref, I said, you need to remove them now before something happens. I was going to say, where's the referee in all this? Oh, he's just standing there. I had a history with him. <laughs> There's a lot of refs throughout New York State that don't like me. There are a lot of referees that I'm sure don't like me, both as a coach and a player, but it's there's a lot of referees that I don't like personally either. Oh, yeah, the, even with kickball. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Okay, so you're doing the throw in. So I throw it and my teammates get in, they just take the ball and go. And they ended up scoring off of it. But the girl kind of stayed back and she's still kind of like trying to surround me in a way. So I just kind of sit there, I'm like, "Are you going to do anything or no?" So I'm sick of sitting here watching you just circle around me. What are you going to do? And her parents are like, "Get her, get her, get her." I look at the ref, I said, "You have about 5 seconds to remove any of them before they get hurt. He's like, what are you going to do? I said, really? I said, you're going to sit there and instead of removing somebody when being threatened, yeah. you're going to let it happen. And I said, okay. I said, by all means. I said, you going to card me? He goes, well, we'll see. He goes, probably. I was like, all right, fine. I said, I'll take a red card for it. I don't care. 
the girl ended up running at me trying to put her hands around my throat. And I grabbed her. My arms are long. And she's like, I don't know, her arms are real short. So she tries to grab me. And I let her touch me. I, she didn't even get a hit on me. She just touched me and that was it. Because I'm never the one to start the physical fight. I'm always the one. That ends it. Yeah. Because it's just like any other fight. You throw the first punch, you're the one getting in the most trouble. Oh, absolutely. So I sat there. I just let her touch me. And the ref goes, oh, no. Because he knew me. He knew my reputation. He knew that I was not one to be touched. And see, that's what makes it even worse. Like, how does the referee... Not even prov- like if I was the referee in that, and I if I knew you had a short temper, or if I knew you, you know, if somebody provoked you, you were going to go after them. I'm immediately getting in the way. A, I'm immediately tossing out the parents, yeah, saying you've got to go. I'm giving the girl a warning who's coming after. I'm separating you both, giving her a warning. You like, hey, listen, not necessarily a card at that point, but like, listen, you guys keep this up. You're going to be tossed. Yeah, warning. That's it. Consider this an unofficial yellow. And that's what I mean. It, it To me, too many referees just let stuff go. Not even let stuff go. Just turn a blind eye to it. And Absolutely. Well, what are you going to want me to do? It's all the time. They will physically turn their bodies around and act like they didn't see anything. Yeah. And it's mind-blowing to me. And if you don't want to if, – if you're the that type of person where you don't want to take control of a situation – don't be a referee. Yeah. There are there are many other other careers that you can do, many other things that you can do. Be a referee of a curling match. I don't think there's going to be many arguments in a curling match. No. So don't don't be a referee or an official in a sport that is full contact. Yeah. In a sport where there can be a lot of aggression. Yeah. So, but it's it's awful. Even in professional leagues too, it's it's mind blowing to see what the refs just let slide. Oh, for sure. And it's it's funny, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, where some teams where they'll get hammered, like the referees are on them like a hawk, where if they, even on a clean slide tackle, if they take somebody down, they're getting they're getting whistled, they're getting carted right away. Yeah. But then you've got a, a, a team that's maybe known as a skilled team or a good team, um, perennial sectional player, uh, sectional qualifier, uh, state qualifier, and those teams are gonna, you know, get the benefit of the doubt. Those yeah, teams absolutely. are gonna have to do slide tackles, dirty tackles, whatever. And no, they're fine. Yeah. Nope, it's that team. They don't, they don't play dirty. Nope. It's cool. all hands off because they have their the, reputation. Yeah, and it's just it's stupid to me because it's what's making people not want to play sports anymore. For sure, it really is killing some sports. And it, it doesn't have to. And I'm not saying every single referee is, has got to be perfect. They're human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to make bad calls. They're not going to see stuff. They're not going to – a certain slide tackle is not going to be called. A, a hold or whatever isn't going to be called in certain games. That's that's part of sports. But when you're literally turning blind eyes, when you're letting everything go, when you're calling it just one way, it's bull, beyond bull. Mustache from kickball. I was just thinking about him too. Uh oh, who's mustache from kickball? This guy. I threatened him with a knife. Oh, okay. (laughs) Matt, would you you care to that game? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, I was there for that. And that was the same game that when I was walking to my car, I was like, I have a baseball bat in my trunk. Like, (laughs) because I don't, I don't carry small blades. I carry a six-inch blade. So this guy, this ref sucks though. He sucks, especially when he's refing our team. 
because he hates us. Wow. I just want to know the root of his hatred for us. So he would always call, like, just, what do you, like. No, he would, like, I don't know what he would do. He would cut, like, we would end up safe at a base and he would call it completely out when we are, we've hit the base and we've run past it. And he'd just go out. No. (laughs) Like, see it. Or he'd just keep calling back our kicks and I remember the one time he's we it clearly was foul and he called it fair. So like we all were just like stopping play and everyone keeps going and he was like, It's a fair ball. I was like, what? The... <laughs> what? <laughs> like... We ended up losing that game because of that. Yeah. I love it. Uh now trash talking, do you guys find it like have you ever had Hannah, have you ever had like a trash talker get into your head? Like where it threw you off of your game? Absolutely. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never I'm I'm trying to think I've never really as a player I've never really had that somebody get into my head. I'll I'll look at it if they start trash talking to me, I'll just kind of laugh it off or think it's funny as hell and I'll like if you're if you're trash talking to me, half the time after I'll let you say what you got to say or whatever. I'll just look at you, laugh and then go back and and just you know, later on, I'll catch you. Later on, I'll get you. Mm-hmm. If I if I nutmeg you or whatever, I'll look and be like, "Ooh, that's gotta suck, doesn't it?" Oh yeah. There or was I'll a just few games. I was. I'll just needle, but I I don't think anybody's. I just I, I find it effective for others. I never really, maybe once or twice. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few things where it got into my head, but I just love that talk. I'm I'm always the type of person too where I like being the away team. Mm-hmm. And I like winning as the away team more than I like winning as the home team. It gives more of a hurt. Yep, I love I love pissing off the the uh, home fans. I just there's been times um, in certain games, certain rivalries, especially with travel, where if we're at their, I'll I'll point to their crowd. You know, the away fans. Sometimes <laughs> certain fans, I'll you know tell them they're number one. And um, or I'll just, you know, do like a nice little cheer and I'll make sure that I do it right towards them or right towards certain players. Um, I remember one time I was I guess I guess you could say this kid was kind of getting into my head a little bit during a travel game. And it was it was a close game. We were down two to one. I scored a tie to make it two to two. He was probably a good 20, 30 yards away from me. He wasn't covering me, but I made sure after I scored, to go over, find him, celebrate, like, literally a yard, like, right in front of his face, basically say, F you, and, like, just go away. Yeah. But that was just me, like, just venting. I I don't know. I was that kind of a jerk. I'd like to say I'd mellowed out a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. it's like me. People would get in my head, but then I would sit there and – my teammates would call me Harley Quinn because I would sit there and I would laugh hysterically at them. And then within seconds, that person would be on the ground. And, like, I would just look back, laugh at them while I saw the ball and just take it up the field. Oh, yeah. And then if somebody tried, I wasn't too much of, like, I'd take them down. I would do, you know, little grabs or whatever just to get on their nerves. There'd be times I'd go after them, you know, maybe... Maybe a little dirtier than I should. Oh, I was full body contact. But I would, I'd love it because I'd be one of those players where if I know I got in your head and you slide tackle me and you get a card or you get a penalty or if I'm getting a free kick or whatever, I'm going to bounce right back up even if I am maybe shouldn't have, maybe should have taken an extra minute. But I'm going to bounce back up, let you know that you didn't hurt me and turn around and thanks for the kick, put it down and, and set it and do what I got to do. Um, I just, 
I love trash talking. It's fun. Now off the field, I'm one of the, once, once the whistle blows, whatever. Once the game's over, I'm one of the nicest guys. I'll come up. I'll shake your hand. There are certain players that after the game they don't wanna they don't want a handshake from me, or they you know they might need to they might need to cool off. But after the game, I'm just like, all right, game's over. It's cool. Let's you know whatever. Let's go out. Let's grab a drink. Let's do you know. Let's it, it's done. But on the field, I've always been where I've got to, you know, it's it's like a switch. Yeah. You know. Do we have anyone like that that we play in kickball that we just, like, will not speak to after games? No. I can't really, It's usually like, game by game and different people. I don't really think there's been many people no. I, that like I said, we haven't wanted each, to even speak to after. Each game has a different person, possibly, but it's not one person. Yeah. Now, did you ever find – I was going to say, did you find things that even in soccer, like, they kind of carried over, like, something from last game? Hey, I remember you took me down last game. You know, I'm going to take you out, whatever, like a little, oh, absolutely. A little carryover. Even when I was goalie, there was times that I would I would put one of my defenders in net. We'd do an on-field switch. I'd pull my jersey. They'd pull theirs. We'd swap. They'd get all my gear, and I'd go on the field. Really? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I would – there was a few times I took it straight up to the net, and there were times that I went straight for the person that would either score on me or that tried to physically harm me into <laughs> a goalpost. <laughs> now, did you have um, – okay, I played for Niagara Falls. And we weren't known as the – you know, we weren't, we weren't known as the most good. tactical team. Yeah. Hey, I was good. I had certain players that were good, but yes, overall, I think I've said this many times in my four years of varsity soccer, we won zero games and I don't mean just one season. I mean, four seasons worth of zero games. Yeah. I was not happy. Wow. Um, I got all my winning on travel teams, whatever level I was playing. Um, I think the closest we ever came to was maybe like a two or three, nothing loss two maybe two, one. Um, I was not happy, but on on our team, especially um, uh, my freshman year playing, we had a bunch of guys who on our team, they kept yelling like, you know, seniors, juniors, they kept yelling like FUBAR, number what, and then say a number. I remember after the first game, I was like, the hell, why do you guys keep yelling FUBAR? Mm -hmm. And it was basically, I don't know if you guys know what FUBAR stands for. No, I can't think of it anymore. That's what I would yell that sometimes. We would yell. Well, it stands for I'll I'll give the cleanup effed up beyond all recognition. So basically, whatever player would yell it out and the number, that's basically a signal to us saying, "Hey, if it's Fubar number eleven, hit number eleven, make yeah. number number eleven's life hell, go dirty on number eleven if you have to." But I after the first or second game, I'm like, somebody clue me in here. What what is Fubar? And that's when, uh, you know, the, the senior captain is telling me. And uh, our senior captain was – he was a captain, I think, just because he was a senior and he had been on the team long enough, but he wasn't that good. But he was aggressive. Uh, freshman year, we weren't good at all. But we were – I think at one point we had the most penal- – we probably had the most penalties, but I'm saying we probably had the most cards in the league or maybe set a league record for the most reds and yellows. Um, that was the first year I had ever gotten a yellow, which uh, I thought it was funny as hell. Um, I got a yellow because some kid, some kid 
decked me from behind. I got up. We were already, I think it was Grand Island. We were already losing like four or five nothing. Um, He was chirping in my hair. He got up. He like decked me. So I got up, shoved him right to the ground. Probably should have got a red. Ref kicks me off. My captain comes over to me like I had just scored a hat trick and won. Like he picking me, picks me up on my shoulder, on his shoulders, carries me off the field. So then I'm like, I'm thinking my coach is going to bench me for the rest of the game. He looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Aren't I out? He's like, no. He's like, you're going back in next whistle. So I go back in next whistle. We end up getting a free kick. My captain puts the – Kevin, our captain, puts the ball down. The kid's walking away maybe like two yards, and he cranks the ball as hard as he can and hits the kid in the back of the head, goes over, shoves him, punches him in the face, and he point, like, he's pointing at me. He's like, that's for what you did to him. He gets kicked off, obviously. He gets like a two-game suspension. But that's when I'm like – all right, this isn't uh, this isn't like my travel games. This is almost my first year freshman year. It was like this is like street ball. This is like street oh, soccer yeah. ball. This is like ghetto ball. So for me, it was a huge learning experience because I had to learn. Like I'm, I wasn't at that point in my career. I was I was an aggressive player, but I was more of I, I wasn't as aggressive. But it just playing with those guys, even in practice, forced me to get aggressive, and it was fantastic. I didn't learn a lot of skill that year, but I learned a different kind of skill. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like how you mentioned FUBAR. We would have different either like, random sayings or random sounds we would do at the time of whatever dirty hit or whatever happened that we would just let our team know, hey, they're next or they're coming. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And it's... I love those teams, though. I mean, obviously, you don't. And I'm, if, for any of my players who are out there listening, I'm not telling you to do this. We're not going to have Fubar this, Fubar that. But for me, it's always it's always great to play in a team or coach a team that you know they have your back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right or wrong, they're they're they've got your back. If somebody's going to mess with you, even if you may have started it, even if you may have been in the wrong, they might tell you afterwards, hey. What you did there that, you know, we got your back, but next time don't do that. They're, they're going to be there for you. And for me, those are always – those are fun teams to play with. Those are fun teams to coach. And it's – you become a family. It makes a hell of a difference, like, when you're playing the game too. If you it know really you does. have a team that has your back, it's going to be more fun to even just play with your team, but it's going to be more lighthearted between you guys. It's not – Yeah. And even in practice, there's – um, there's teams that I've coached even in practice, you know, if we're having a full scrimmage or even a five on five, six on six, whatever the scrimmage is, or during three on twos. Um, I always want to see some of that chippiness. I want to see some of the, you know, obviously I don't want them to go all out where they're going to, you know, next thing you know, you've got three players injured in practice, but you want to see, you want to see that practice with an edge because I feel like I'm a big uh, believer. If you don't, practice like that with an edge there's no way you're playing practice with an edge play. absolutely um there have been times where i've had to tell certain players hey listen i love the aggressiveness but remember you're playing against your teammates you gotta back it up calm down I, I need you to drop it back a notch or two just relax save it for whatever team we're playing but at the same time you're yelling at them but at the same time in the back of your head be like all right i love it 
but again, bring it down. Yeah. Bring it down a little bit. Do you ever have any, any, I don't want to say altercations, but any tough battles in practice that you can think of where even maybe, maybe you and a, and a certain teammate kind of had words during the practice? Oh, all the time. There were, there was always certain clicks within my teams. So me being the one who was always aggressive or always like yelling at people, I was more so the outcast, even though I was more so of a leader. So it would be like those little groups of people, whichever one decided to really try and just get on my nerves that day was the one that would, I'd end up screaming at. And there was a few people that are, they have me blocked on everything. They want no communication with me whatsoever because I Unlike screamed Instagram, at them so bad. Instagram, Facebook, social media. They've avoided me in public. They've seen me and then turned around and walked the complete other way because they've seen me. Really? Mm-hmm. To this day? Oh, yeah. To this day. <laughs> wow. Um, Matt, have you ever had any teammates like that you've got into it, whether track and field, soccer, yeah. um, where that you're just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had this one... I don't, I don't know how to politely say this. He was a jerk, a clean way, um, on my travel team. And I used to play goalkeeper, and my t- my coach would say, play like you're in a game. I'm like, okay. So I tackled his ass. He was in the box. He gets up. He's like, what the hell, man? I was like, just practice. And like, he starts pushing and shoving me and stuff. And I was like, oh. So I would purposely, you know, hope he'd get the ball and tackle him more. <laughs> and, and he wasn't even the goodest, play- like the best player on our team. And he... Did you just say the goodest? The goodest, yeah. Goodest. <laughs> Good job. I had to call you out on that one. I was going to if you didn't. <laughs> the amount of times that you've messed up saying words. Oh, I know. I know. I don't want to hear it. Listen, you could call me out on it. I know. I'm sure I'll mess up some words here, but I've never said goodest. <laughs> you with the kids too much, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> but now, did you ever, did you ever, Hannah, did you ever have players where you just, uh, whether it was travel or whether it was high school, did you ever have players where you're just like, man, I really don't want to play with her. Like, yeah. I just, I really just, I, I don't like her. Um, I've, I've come across a couple and it's just, it's not that you try to avoid them. And when you're on the field, obviously if somebody's open, you're going to make them a pass. You're going to give them, you're going to set them up. Um, but it just makes, I, I, I know you. I know you're not going to have kumbaya, and you're not going to love every every person, all yeah. the 18 players on your team. But when you have somebody, it's just it makes it tough. It just makes it that much harder. Sometimes it makes practices that much tougher, especially if you're partnered with them or if you're going one on one. Now there have been times where I've gone one on ones with people that I don't like, and and it's made me you know go after them harder. But what do you do with a player like if if you've got a teammate that you really don't see eye to eye with let's say I mean even with both high school and premier it was just there was always somebody on my team that I just did not get along with and I tried like I'd go up to them say hey how was your day like walking up to practice or whatever like nice goal whatever so you tried to you tried to open the lines of communication there yeah and I was always just shot down so then it would come to the point where we're in games and it just I'd pass them the ball, and they'd end up taking it up to net, and I'd sit there and be like, yeah, great job, and they'd just look at me and glare at me. So then it would come to the point where I would just stop. 
Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to set up somebody else. You're not going to put up with it anymore and find other people to get in. Now, as a defender, did you ever have anybody, like, on your back line that you didn't get along with? One of my old coaches. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, High school. I believe it was my senior year. I mouthed off at our JV coach. Don't get me wrong. I love the guy. Okay. But he caught me on the wrong day at the wrong time. (laughs) And our goaltender at this point, I was not a fan of her because I was in net. And then they moved me up. They put her in net. So she kind of... They were calling it her starter spot and everything, even though I was starting back in defense. And I took the goal kick, and she started freaking out on me. Your keeper was freaking out? And it was just a scrimmage between varsity and JV. So it wasn't like it was anything. It's not like it was, like, mid-game or whatever. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, it's not uncommon to have a defender take a goal kick. It's not like it's... The I did have to take almost it. every single one. Yeah. I'd say, honestly, about 95% of goal kicks, I took them. Yeah. I would be put on the field to take them. It's just how it was with throw-ins, too. I was always the one Absolutely. to take them, no matter where they were. And it actually happened a second time with the same person in a game. So then I just kind of sit there, and my temper's short. I'm already having like a real bad day. So I just kind of sit back, and I just... Maybe just let a couple people slide through just to <laughs> just to piss her off. And then she tried to – we're walking off the field, and she tried to get in my face and yell at me. And I walked right back up to her. I went to a public school. I knew how to fight. I My attitude goes from zero to 100 in about <laughs> two seconds. Matt can confirm that. <laughs> he knows how dangerous it is when I start walking at somebody. I say, Hannah, have you ever tried getting into boxing or or you uh, MMA? Yeah, All one right. of my um one of my actual um actually really good friends, Patrick Mix. He's a Bellator fighter. Okay, he he was teaching me a little bit here and there. I was gonna say I could see this as a as a new career move for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> well you see that side of me, and then I'm a full time nanny of twins, so. <laughs> You, you get the two opposite sides of the spectrum there. That's awesome. But uh, you know what? A lot of times, though, it's it's like that. I mean, you're. I mean, man, if 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 I walked around in my everyday life like the way that I was walking around aggressive on a soccer field, Mm-mm. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have lasted. Like I'd, I'd be, probably be dead. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> I mean, I you've everybody's got to have that different personality, that different thing that that chills you out, but. That's... Who you are on the field is completely different as to who you are off the field. Oh, for sure. And it has, and it to, has be. to be. It has to be. And it's funny because you'll find, like, I've got a couple friends who are, are not anymore, but they've done boxing or whatever. Uh, they've wrestled. Um, and you talk to these guys. These guys are the nicest, kindest, gentle, like, will give you the shirt off their back. Like, oh, just, absolutely. Just gentle giants. Like, even if you're at a bar or whatever, they're 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 the guys breaking up the fights. They're not picking on the fights. They'll let, you know, if, if somebody's mouthing off, like a, a whatever, they'll, they're not going to, even though they could destroy the guy in a second, they just, you know, back just, off. Or they're yeah. just gentle. But when they get in that cage or when they get in that ring, it's... It's completely it's, different. It's a switch. Yeah. It's like, you know, just, hey, you're trying to take what's mine. I'm going to, you know, take it from you. Yeah. So it's it's funny, though. That way, 
Like you would think that those guys are, and a lot of people think, oh, they're they're nothing but meatheads. They're nothing but this. They're nothing but it's the complete opposite. They're gentle giants. Oh, absolutely. Even though some of them are short as could be, their attitude when they're in the ring and how they portray themselves in there, they're they're scary sometimes to it's people. The, it's the, the Napoleon complex. Yes. And I've got that. I'm short. I get it. Um, <laughs> Matt makes fun of me all the time. The the short little Italian guy. I do. Nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. Um, so now let's get back into a little bit more of your uh, personal training. Now, do you still do you still do personal training or? I do. So I actually quit my job at the gym this past August. Okay. And I've been personal training just on the sides. It's so easy for me to just write workout plans and everything for people. So they'll shoot me a text, and I'll write them out for them. And sometimes every two, three months, they'll ask me for a new set of workouts, and we just keep going. But coming from a powerlifting background, it was it was easy for me to just be able to pick up on things, even when I was going to crunch at the public gym. Like, I'd sit there, see people, see even bodybuilders, and I'd be able to sit there and, like, you know how to approach someone. You have to know how to do that because if you see someone who's a meathead, musclehead, and you walk up to them mid-set, they're probably going to kill you. But you got to learn, like, how to approach people, and it even comes with the with the learning. Like, you have to know how to approach people when personal training. You can't be too rough with them. You can't be too easy on them. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, do you do more personal training for like sports specific or do you do is it more of like um just the average Joe Schmo who just wants to drop a few pounds and get in shape? Do you do a little bit of everything? Like what's more of your expertise, I guess? I do a bit of everything minus the sports. I wish I I've reached out to a lot of like my old teams and I've offered to come in and do like strength and conditioning or just something but they don't want to because it's not under contract or whatever. But I sit there. I would train my high school varsity football team. After my practices, I would go back and the coaches would just let me because this is when I was redoing my certification. I had to re-up it, so I had to relearn everything. Because okay. once you get your certification, it's hard to constantly go by the book. You learn how to... It's just like in soccer, you learn how to do a move, and then you're able to put your own spin on it. Yeah, it's absolutely. just like training. You you have to be able to know the exact basics. And now, for personal training, is it for the certification? Do you have to renew it every couple of years? Yeah. Is it okay? What is it, every year? Every two years? I it's every two years. Okay. Either two or three years, and it depends on which certification you have. Okay. And is it usually just like? Uh, like I know for lifeguarding, we've got to do like when we get our uh, lifeguarding research, we've got to do, um, uh, we've got to redo a couple classroom things and then some in pool stuff, just like basically like an in service. Is that kind of the same thing? Nope, or- it is just a written exam. As long oh, okay. as you are able to read and understand the question and pick out the important parts and put it together, then you're fine. Okay, so kind of like easy peasy. Yeah. Once you've been doing it, it's. But then the real shell shock is. When you pass it, especially if it's your first time and you go to try and get a client and you completely approach it the wrong way, then you're not going to go anywhere and that's going to hurt you with 
not only that person, but their friends, their family, people they know. So you really have to know what you're doing. Oh, for sure. Now, do you find it, and we talked a little bit about this, uh, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Do you find it where, um, you know, you might, like it's a little more, it's a little harder for you to get male clientele versus female clientele? Is it, do you maybe get um, some people where, oh, she's uh, like, if, if, if you were and Matt were both personal trainers, where well, I'm going to work with Matt because he's a guy. He obviously knows more than Hannah. You know, even though it's probably the opposite way around. Do you see a little a little bit of that in the personal training field? Yeah, absolutely. It's like there's been times people see me at the gym and they'll see the weights I'm lifting because I was a power lifter. I'm able to on power moves. I'm able to do a lot more weight than most people, and I do different techniques with it. So when they see me, even just in normal clothes, they're like, wow, she would not look like a personal trainer. I wear sweatpants and hoodies all the time. I don't care. Yeah, it's comfortable. And they see you, and it's more of a visual interpretation. They see you, and they're like, oh, hey, they look like a bum. They're probably a horrible personal trainer. Or they see someone in the gym who is absolutely jacked, and they're like, oh, hey, let's have them help me. Let's have them train me. And it's just... Even between, like, male to female, it's different in so many ways that I can't even begin to talk about. Okay. Like, what, like what's, like, what, give us some examples. Even just, like, the barrier between female and male. Like, a lot of females are uncomfortable with training with a male. Which okay, is, I can see that. Which is understandable, but then you get the male's... Not wanting to train with females, which is understandable because genetically most males are able to lift more than females. That's For sure. That's just how it is. Their muscles are genetically stronger. That's point blank, period. There's no changing that. But then you see the guys then trying to train with the girls who are stronger that they see in the gym more. But then there comes the point where... At my old gym, there was a situation where an older man tried to hit on me and come on to me. I was just going to so say that. You see a 21-year-old trainer, this female who's in decent shape, and then you have this six-year-old man trying to ask for your number and trying to meet you for coffee and all this stuff. And not even in a professional way either. I've been personal trainer for five, six years, five years, five years. I'm 21. (laughs) I can't remember my own age. That's bad. I was going to say. It would be six. It would be. You started 16, right? Yeah. It would be five years. Yeah. Going on six. But after that, like, you are easily able to tell the difference between professional and completely unprofessional. And there's so many unprofessional situations that happen that and it's mostly I don't know it's mostly females going out and talking about it more but it does happen to males and everyone seems to think that males are not solicited like that and I yeah I've seen or, it or, firsthand. or if they are they don't mind it it's yeah. like a bonus to them yeah you know it's not bothering and even them. some women too and I sit there I'm like you you're a professional in yeah. this huge industry 
but yet here you are and you're going to ruin your reputation because of it. Yeah. It just it blows my mind. It just makes no sense. Um and yeah, it's now how do you how do you deal with something like that? Like when when obviously you got to like in that case the the 60-year-old man or whatever where you obviously he's not looking at you for training tips or how to get healthy. He's no. just Hey, look, why don't we talk about training over a few drinks and, yeah, a, and, exactly. a, and a dinner and this and that at my place? Yeah, I'd shut it down. I'm engaged to a Marine. I'm used to the you shut it down. It does not happen. Exactly. I'm used to that lifestyle. So it comes easy for me to just be able to say no and walk away and have no contact. Good. And I think some and, – and not speaking for everybody, but some people – I don't want to say some people feed into it, but they can definitely get themselves, whether whether they do it intentionally or unintentionally, they can definitely get themselves in some hot water and some some tight situations. Yeah, and starting out, like, I was 16 years old, and some people that I didn't, I didn't see it at the time, and luckily my coworkers were looking out for me, just like on a soccer team. They had my back. And they were like, you need to stay away from this person. Like, they're trying to make these advances on you. And then I would sit there and I'd really think about it. I'm like, wow, I just didn't realize it. it. Absolutely. Sometimes it goes straight over your head in a way that you wouldn't expect. Now, in the personal training world, is it is it always like that where other personal trainers have your back? Or is it very competitive? Hey, I don't want Hannah to get this client because that's that's taking money off mine. I want to try to get that client or – you know, if Hannah's charging $100 a session, well, I'll, hey, listen, I'll charge $90 a session for the first two sessions. Is it is it uber competitive or is it all kind of, hey, I know that's, that's your client. I'm going to kind of stay away. I don't want to step on your toes type of deal. It's both. I mean, giving the example like you just said, the money aspect, yeah, that that is a huge, huge battle between any trainers. They... They will nitpick prices until they get the person. They do not care. Some really? are completely strict and they will not budge and others will. Others are like, let's make a deal. I've seen people drop their training session price from $150 to $10 just to get a person. Really? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of reel them in, but like, hey, the first five sessions just are. Just to get them away from somebody else. Wow. But then one, generally, once you have the client other trainers know hey that is their person like they're not going anywhere but maybe when their contracts up or whatever with them then maybe I'll offer something now are there certain like unwritten rules that you don't or like you you don't poach people or is it just kind of almost anything like the wild west pretty much anything goes i mean my first gym i worked at you cold called people Really? Mm-hmm. So you'd get on the phone and just... You would sit there and you would cold call people for hours. Calls, emails, texts. Didn't matter. Wow. And there was times we would get the nastiest responses. They're, they would threaten to, like, to call the police. They just they didn't care. Wow. So it's it's brutal. It's a lot worse than people, people oh, I, really think. Absolutely. Now... Um... Do a lot of personal trainers work for like gyms or is that is that different than personal trainers? There's a lot that have their certifications that work at a gym and it's easier to get your certification, open your own gym and it all just kind of flows together. But like me, 
I'm still a personal trainer, but I don't personal train like in a gym. I train outside of the gym. I let them use if they have stuff at home or if they go to the gym, I will go. I will figure out what each place has or I'll have them send it to me and I'll create it like that. But it just depends on, I guess, the kind of trainer you are. I'm more of a laid back kind of recruiting. I don't. I refuse to cold call people. I will never do that again. So you do more of like reputation, but like, hey, if you're training, if yeah. you're training Matt, but like, you know, listen, if you know anybody else who needs training, yeah, send him my number. Let me I'm know. I'm not, I'm not crazy competitive with it, which you would think I would be, but I say, judging from some of those soccer stories, we would think that you were, you'd be crazy competitive over it. Not anymore. I mean, I've kind of lost my love for working in the gym. So wanting to train in a gym is kind of painful. Okay. Um, like painful how? Just like, just... The last gym I was at kind of really destroyed me. Like, I refused to work out for months after. I couldn't even walk to a, like walk into the gym. I'd be able to drive to the gym. Sometimes I couldn't even do that. Really? Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get myself dressed to go to the gym sometimes. Wow. And it was months on end. And then finally I got myself to be able to go, and then I got myself to be able to go by myself. And if you would have seen me even three, four years ago, you you wouldn't even think I'm the same person. Really? Mm-hmm. And now I have a home gym, so I don't even have to leave my house to go to the gym. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Now, have you got as a trainer, have you gotten into the whole um, uh, training people online, like whether it's through Zoom, through Teams, uh, doing more like the virtual virtual classes, virtual online stuff? Yeah, so when COVID first hit at my last gym... Instead of obviously not really taking a month off to really like think about things, the next day, Erie County shut all gyms down. The next day, my coworkers were back in the gym doing virtual trainings. Yeah. And then they eventually brought me back in. But it's different. It's, it's a lot harder to train someone like that. I was going to say, like, take us, like, I know for me, I did um, when we shut down or during the first shutdown, um, it was about a week into our outdoor track season. Uh, I coached throwers. I coached shot and disc. So uh, after about two or three days of the shutdown, I'd tell my throwers to, you know, we'd meet on Zoom. I'd be in my basement and we'd go over a lot of form or I'd have different workout routines. But like, all right, today we're going to do a little upper body, um, you know, I understand most of you guys don't have much workout equipment. All right, we're going to do push-ups, sit-ups. We're going to do a lot of core work, this and that. And then we'd go over form, and I'd be like, all right, lower your cam so I can see your feet. Yeah. Lower, your, you know, raise your cam so I can see, you know, the upper body, the slap. Um, and Matt's laughing over there because he knows I'm not the most uh, technologically uh, savvy person. <laughs> so for me, it it it, it just... The kids were all, they're like, all right, here's the link, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I've got to invite this person. How do I invite this person? Wait, what's your thing? Like, what, what, like it, it, I don't want to say it frustrated me, but at the same time, it was, it was different. And, and a lot of times I'm like, no, I can't see your feet back it up. Or they'd have yeah. to say to me, coach, we're just looking at your sneakers. You need to back up a little bit, or you need to move your camera or me looking down, like, wait, can you guys see me? So it was, did you kind of have some of the, the similar stuff? Yeah, and as the virtual classes got bigger, it became that much harder to be able to watch people's form. Like, even during a squat, there's people that we would have to correct in person, 
almost every time we would switch to doing a squat, we'd have to go over to them, talk them through it. Just because they couldn't, they were formed to do it a different way. So then it was easier when it was like one, two, maybe three people. But as it got, as the classes got bigger or whatever, it was harder. And it also sucks if you don't have a camera that has a decent resolution. Yes. That is not fun. I agree. And I was sit there guessing at pixels. Yeah. And I was one of those where I was on the older camera and I would show my kids, all right, do this. And be like, well, hold on, coach, you're buffering. Like, what is buffering? What do you mean I'm buffering? (laughs) What does that mean? Am I doing something wrong? Did I slip? Am I? Or I thought it was like the latest fad, but like, you know, kind of like that's cool. That's rad. I just dated (laughs) myself by saying rad. But, um, but yeah, I very much had the older style computer where it would freeze or with this or you'd have to hold on. I just froze or I'm in a dead spot. I'd have to, I'm in my basement. Let me reset. Let me redo this. Yeah. But um, it was tricky. It was interesting. And, and I'm, I can imagine you for a lot of clients, if your connection isn't the greatest or whatever, or if their connection, they're just going to be like, well, screw it. This, yeah. is, this is too much. I'm spending – 30 minutes of the one-hour class rebooting my computer every time. This is, I'll just wait, or I'll just do this on my own. Yeah. Like, I I could see you guys losing a lot of clients that way, too. Oh, yeah. And we did for a while. We we had ended up putting everybody's memberships on hold, and then the people that wanted to do the virtual classes, they would buy, like, the virtual package, like, for the month or whatever. But then... When it came time just recently with the new mandates with gyms could either go unvaxxed and unvaxxed with masks or vaxxed without masks, my my old gym lost a lot of clients because they decided to go no masks, vaccinated only. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I could so see them losing a lot. They're also – they don't go virtual anymore. Oh, they stopped the virtual When we went back in person, we were still, we would record a new, a new virtual class before our evening shift every day. Okay. And then they stopped that. So then people got sick of using the same videos over and over. So they stopped those memberships. And there was a lot of people even from across the country that had a virtual membership with us and they're done. Really? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I could see I could see people like Jim's expanding on it, like tapping into a new market and, all right, this might have, you know, this might have been a little rough at the beginning, but, hey, we got it rolling now. We figured what out how to... isn't rough at the beginning? Exactly. Like, especially with a gym. Yeah. I, I could see that being as just a whole new, almost a whole new division yeah. of a gym. I'm surprised they would stop that. Beats me. Now, for classes, did you find... Um, any training classes like were uh, I guess easier to train uh, virtually than others, or like I could see, I could see like a, an aerobics, like a spin class or an aerobics class, kind of being, you know, you're just basically taping yourself. Um, when it comes to like weightlifting and actual personal training, did you find like different uh, different areas of personal training a little easier virtually than others? Yeah, some were some were much easier. I mean, even as bad as it is, for the sole fact of having to get away from a conversation or get off the phone, you could, quote-unquote, fake a technical difficulty. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did it a few times just so I didn't have to teach. 
I don't care. I could see that, yeah. But then it comes down to the point where you have certain people that would either join the Zoom call or they'd be in class, in the in-person class. They know what they're doing. You can push them. You don't have to be worried about it. So it's like when they would hop on virtual, I wasn't worried. But then there was other people that either have disabilities or certain things they aren't able to do. And those are the people that you have to pay so much detailed attention to and you just couldn't. So it made it that much harder. Okay. I could see that. And um, especially, like you said, if they if they did have uh, physical disabilities where they, they couldn't, you know, even range of motion stuff. Um, or if they were rehabbing a certain injury. Yeah. Um, now, did you ever have people, uh, whether in person or uh, virtually, where speaking of rehabbing injuries, where you would they would say, "Hey, I want you to train me in this," but maybe two or three sessions into your training, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, I blew out my ACL last year, or yeah. I have a sore shoulder, like kind of hiding injuries from you." So before I really personal train anyone, I have that I go through a list of stuff with them, list of injuries, any conditions that they may have, and I tell them if you don't disclose it to me now and you hide it and then you tell me later, I said that's not only on me, but that is also on you. Oh, for sure. I said but much more or less me because you sign a waiver saying that I've disclosed everything, it is on me. I'm I'm setting up a routine based on mm-hmm. what you're telling me. I have full liability waivers for that. And the gym I trained at was a hit gym, 45-minute classes. And even then, there would be people that like, you'd spend months training, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I have this huge heart condition. What? And you just kind of sit there, and you're like, so after all these months of either pushing you or having you drop back, you need the complete opposite, or you could die. Yeah, they're like, yeah. And just, you just kind of sit there. You're like, okay, then. Well, then, whatever. Well, I guess like, it's not on me anymore. That's on you. Now, speaking of that, were you the type of athlete that would hide injuries from your coaches? Because I know there were times where <laughs> where I'd I'd come to practice or be playing a season with, you know. You grimace through a knee injury or grimace through a, a hip or something, and your coach is, hey, are you all right? Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Were yeah. you were you that type of athlete too? Yes, but no. I have a stupidly high pain tolerance, like to the point where I tore my IT band, pulled my quad, and strained my hamstring, and I didn't know. You I thought it was just know. a cramp. I thought it was just a bad cramp. Wait, what were those? What were those injuries again? My IT band. Okay. I tore it. Not fully, but it was just about over half. Yeah, that's painful I enough. Pulled my quad, severely pulled my quad, and severely strained my hamstring. You had all three of those. One of those injuries are like, like just every one of those injuries, having Almost one of them are, are, are painful, mm-hmm. like painful. Yeah. You had all three at one time, and you didn't know it. No, in the same leg too. I just thought it was bad cramps in my legs. Bad I've cramps. Also, I've also torn and pulled and. Whatever the ligaments in my ankles, so if I run sometimes, my ankles just kind of separate. Oh, okay. You've seen that happen on the field. He just kind of looks at me, and I just kind of sit there. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I go to run, or I even just, even walking up the stairs, it just separates. So I'm immune to pain. It doesn't 
pain doesn't really phase me. Wow. I I know I hid some injuries, but that's wow. That that's incredible. Yeah. I went back and my coach was like, Yeah, well you're gonna sit. I'm like, No, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit. I'm going to play. And said and I will be on the field for the game tonight. I didn't care. Now I know I and and this is a little more prevalent, I guess. Well actually this would be this would even be when you were in high school. Um in our day, there was no such, there was really no such thing as you know going to the personal trainers. I mean, I played back in the you know in the nineties, where it wasn't you know if if you came across a school like I think Nichols, back when they were in our league had a personal trainer and yeah. I don't know maybe one other school. Now every single school has a personal trainer or not sorry not a personal trainer athletic trainer mm-hmm. this and that you know if if you were hurt you got to go to the athletic trainer nine out of ten times the athletic trainer is well. Why don't you miss a week of practice? Well, you got to go. You can't practice until you're cleared. There's so much red tape. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's back when we were, it was just if you if you broke something, okay, you got to go get a doctor's note when you come back in six weeks. Yeah. If you didn't break anything, there was no, there was nothing keeping you back. No. There was no. There was no legal issues. There was no. Oh, you got to get clearance from this. You got to pass this. Pass that. Where. Um, e- Nowadays, it almost seems like athletes are. I don't want to be saying I don't want to say being sent to athletic trainers too soon, but they you know they they're being sent to athletic trainers too soon. Where you know it's in my day, it would be okay. You rolled an ankle, walk it off. I'll let you. I'll let you sit out of practice, or you sit out of practice, mm-hmm. and then you know you're fine. Or you learned how to. You learned how to manage wrap it. it yourself. Yeah, you learned how to do all this stuff yourself. Now you know you go in, you have a bruise on your arm, you're out for two games. Two yeah, games. It's and it's just it it's it's ridiculous. It is. Um, it uh, I don't know. Maybe it's me being a little grouchy, but it's it's a it's a growing it's a changing of the times. And I get it, but at the same time, I don't get it. Yeah. I. And again, maybe this is me. Just my era. It was walk it off. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times your your first aid, your your athletic training, your coach would tell, "All right, you go jog down, jog back. You'll be fine. If it hurts, rest a little bit, ice it, get up after 10 minutes, go jog down, jog back. You good? Yeah, let go me know back how in. you feel if you're good, you're you're gone. Yeah, you're gone. Absolutely. Now, granted with the whole the whole concussion issues, now that's a separate thing. Um mm-hmm. I'm a big I'm I'm the opposite direction. I'm a big thing where if you if you take a if you take a head hit and and I don't buy this where coaches will put a kid back and they get well I didn't know I didn't know no if you're even a decent coach you can you know when your kid got his bell rung yeah I mean just walking off just looking at him hey you okay? no sit down like I'm a big I'm a big advocate where if if you're not okay upstairs you're not going back in there's you, been times I've pulled my own teammates off the field because my coach put them back on I would go on pull them off the field sit them on the bench. Yeah. And there was a few of them that actually we had to call 911 for. Oh, yeah. Because they ended up, they seemed fine in the moment. And then 10 minutes later, they're sitting there cross-eyed, can't see. And their Absolutely. Ears are yeah. When it comes to anything with the head. Now, there were definitely a few games where I, you know, got my bell rung. I remember one game where, um, and again, I'm not, I'm 5'6", probably closer to 5'5", five, five, but I'm saying 5'6". Um uh, and you know, 
going up for a head ball against a kid who is 6'2", 6'3". He lifts his leg, catches me square in the nose, like yeah. right above the bridge in the nose. I was pretty sure knocked out. Can't really remember it, but mm-hmm. I knew I definitely should not be playing. You know, where it was the point where I got knocked out. I popped up, felt like maybe a couple minutes later, sat on the bench for two or three minutes. You know, look, me getting up, coach, I'm fine. I'm ready. Let's go back in. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you how the game finished, but just it was one of those things where you just went back in. Yeah. Thinking back on some of those games, I know I shouldn't have been playing. I know I shouldn't have finished those games. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have been playing the next couple games. That's how I am with my injuries. I regret it now. I yeah. pay for it now, and, and I'm only 21. Absolutely, and and I don't want to see kids that I'm coaching, especially with a head injury, you know, hey, you're – no, you're you sit down, see the trainer. Well, coach, I'm going to be out for the. I don't care. I don't care if it means you're going to be out two, three weeks. I'd rather see you out two, three weeks than see your you two, life. see you two, three years from now. You know, barely uh, being able to remember your name. Yeah, you know, it's not worth it. Sit down. Now, if a kid has like a little bit of a, you know, they 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 hurt their toenail, you're you're going back in. Suck yeah. it up, Buttercup. Oh, God, you're yeah. going back in. But um, that that's. It's just a different time for injuries. 100%. Um, now, at the same time, have you ever had a teammate where you kind of had to have that conversation? Oh, you're looking at Matt. Matt, were you that were you that kickball teammate where you had a little a pinky toe injury and you had the, didn't want to go back in? No. I feel like it was <laughs> more so some of the girls. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you, like, you would <laughs> get some of the girls on our team, and one would say I'm more masculine than feminine i'm i hung with the guys growing up that's how it was and then you see some of the girls that would play with us and would be scared to kick the ball and then there's bear how are you playing kickball and you're scared to kick the ball i don't know then there's bear he plays barefoot (laughs) bear looks like a bear like genuinely looks like a bear (laughs) little grizzly adams yeah oh god yeah he plays with no shoes oh he just does not care. That man feels no pain either. And you just sit there and you laugh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not playing. And there are people, especially, I always, you know, you'd get the sandball or people play so- uh, soccer on the sand or whatever, sand soccer. I, I was never into that because I'm not going to lie. I like playing with cleats on oh. or some kind, something on my foot. I do, but I don't. There's always a nice time where even if it's just like training on your own, even just skills, training barefoot, same thing goes for weightlifting. It's a complete weightlifting I'll feel. do barefoot at times, especially if I'm you, deadlifting or squatting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It gives you more balance. More balance. It gives you a new sense of like touch. Like you could be juggling with your cleats on and you could go great, you could go fifty, sixty reps, but then you go barefoot. It stings, but you're able to kind of control the ball more because you can feel exactly where it's hitting. And it gives you more of a sense of, okay, so then you picture your cleat on your foot or you put a sock on and then you just start layering. Very true. See, me though, I was, I'm a guy like, you can hit me, you can punch me, I'll fall on the ground. I'm fine with that. But when it comes to like anything that stings, like a slap or whatever, like, no, I'm, I'm like a little baby. Like even on the feet, like when I kick, I'm like, ah. Like it's I, I'm a little baby when it comes to like anything like stinging pain, but whatever hit fall I'll pop right back up I don't care about that 
stinging little slapping. I'm not. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a little baby. If if you just I give me a little slap, uh-uh. How do you think he'd do in kickball? Not good. I played kickball shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if Talk I go about stinging pain sometimes. <laughs> listen, if I go kickball shirtless, there'll be stinging pain, but it'll be stinging pain of everybody else seeing me shirtless. That'll be the then stinging don't pain. Don't join our team because usually our outfield <laughs> ends up being shirtless. Yeah, we all, the four of us, all end up shirtless. Oh, I'll have, I, I wear a sports bra. I don't. The, I should, the but the twins I don't. don't come out. <laughs> it's it's not that kind of league. No. <laughs> no, I, league, but not that league. I wouldn't be stinging pain. It'd be everybody else looking at me. That'd be the stinging pain from Talk everybody else. Talk about mind else. games getting in the players' heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just decided to do it mid-game, too. It's not like there was a game Matt and I wore Timberlands. That was a bad game. <laughs> Timberlands playing we kickball? We picked a horrible game to do we that. We slipped a lot. <laughs> We picked a horrible game to do that. That was a bad game. That was we the need... worst game I ever played. How do you kick in Timberlands? Like, those things are heavy. Oh, they're they're heavy. You slip on, like, wet grass. <laughs> <laughs> it it made the game so much worse, yet so much more fun at the same time. Everybody was yelling at us. They're like, take yeah, your shoes off. We just sit there and we would laugh at each other. We're just like, why did we do this? <laughs> we weren't going anywhere anyways. Our team was bad. Yeah, especially that last session. Yeah. Speaking of, we are doing the first session this year. I confirmed it. What we are? Uh-huh. When does that start? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Who's the captain? Is Mark still the captain? Yeah. Okay. I'm apparently still co-captain, even though he wants to quit. He wants to quit? Yeah. Hey, Larry, you want to join the team? <laughs> we have an opening. Can I keep my shirt on? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't play in the outfield... <laughs> We'll see. Maybe I'll dust off my 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 kickball Monday night plague skills. Outer Harbor. We'll see. Maybe I'll be a sub. Do I have to commit? Can I commit to be a sub? No, you can't. We've had a lot of people who were committed and just never showed up. Yeah, we have people. We also have walkout songs. Though. Remember yeah. that we have walkout songs. I bring my gigantic speaker. Oh, we have walkout songs. You know that speaker I oh, had that... at camp. Okay, <laughs> I bring that, and everybody has an individual walkout song. All right, all right. I, we'll we'll see. That's a definite maybe. For me. That's a definite baby. All right, all right. All right. Speaking of definite babies, let's get into the hot seat questions. Five hot seat questions. Now, Hannah, we, you know you got to come up with one question, at, at least one, if not two. And I'm going to come up with in the walkout songs. This is perfect. Uh, question number one, what are your walkout songs, walk-up songs for kickball? I have the playlist on my phone. Could you pull up what mine was? <laughs> yeah. You don't remember your walk-ups? Did you get to pick your walk-up song? Oh, yeah. yeah. It changes every year, though. Okay. I mean, some don't. Some do. Matt, do you remember what yours is? Uh, this year, I went with Loco by MGK. Okay, I'm so old, I don't know that yeah. song. Um, Hannah, you did Sneaky Link. Yep. That That's one. what I did. Yeah. All right, I'm old. I don't know that song <laughs> but either. No, no. So here's I'm... here's the drastic like things. I go loco MGK. She goes sneaky link. A couple rap songs. We have Rush. <laughs> we have Rush on there. Okay. Um, we have what what Rush song? Uh, Working Man. Okay. We have Jukebox Hero, The Spice Girls, and we go all the way to Sexy Boy, the Shawn Michaels entrance theme song. <laughs> We have every end of the spectrum. Oh, I some, was gonna say I have creative freedom to pick songs if I choose to. <laughs> Sexy boy one was definitely something I chose, unbeknownst <laughs> to the other person. That was pretty good though. It worked. That's fantastic. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, what about you, Larry? 
what would my walkout song be? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go. Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna do. Uh, I'd do a little uh, "Insane in the Membrane" from uh, Cypress Hill. Little little old school rap. Okay. Not, well, yeah, it would have been like ninety five, four, six, somewhere around there. Early now, I'd go. I'd go a little uh, "Insane in the Membrane." I did good. I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, question number one. Matt, Hannah, do you have a do you have a question? Anything that comes to mind? Matt, you got to come up with something. I'm still thinking. I got to come up with something. Okay. I'm uh, still thinking. <laughs> I don't know if this like is like a good answer or a good question or not. Does anybody here follow Pokemon? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I yes, used no. I, I used to do the Pokemon Go. I guess back in the day. Okay, this is a stupid question. Then I won't do that one. Because I don't think you guys like. Okay, now what I now I'm gonna get. I was gonna to say now we got we, we got to know. We, we... All right, so I'm gonna go like OG to give Larry the best shot of it. Like you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, like the original Pokemon, like the original like starters, like Pikachu, yeah, like uh, Squirtle, Squirtle, like Charmander, like Charmander, Charmander. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Out of those, which one would you pick? Pikachu. Like to be? Well, no, to like have. Oh, to have? Yeah, like Pikachu. what's your what's your starting Pokemon that you want to start with? All right, Hannah's going Pikachu. I'm going Charmander. That's the one that I forget. That's the one that throws the fire, right? No, wait, Charmander. Yeah, he yeah. breathes fire. Yeah, he yeah. turns into Charizard, the gigantic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna go Charmander. I always thought that one was pretty cool. Pikachu always looked like a little like yeah, but wimp. he's evil and he electrocutes people. He's <laughs> evil. He's a bad yeah. guy. Yeah, he's not bad. Well, not bad, but. He electrocutes people. Okay. I can see him as like an undercover, you know. He's under- so sweet. He's like a Sour Patch Kid. He's so sweet. <laughs> this so is so sweet. evil. Sour. This is the one you picked. Yeah. Why do you have a Charmander? Right here. <laughs> There's Squirtle. We got a little everything here at the podcast precinct. <laughs> I would go Bulbasaur, which is this one. That's the big blue one, right? Yeah. yeah. Blue, green. Okay. It turns into this. Yeah, I forget they, they, they turn into stuff. Yeah, they evolve. Yeah, like Pikachu turns into what, Raichu? Yep. Squirtle turns into Blastoids, which is like a turtle with just two guns on the back. <laughs> Good old kid shows. Uh, back in the- what would you be? Or what would you pick? Bulbasaur. Okay, what would you pick to be? What would I pick to be? Mm-hmm. Mew. Do you know? Or out of those starting ones? Probably Squirtle. Okay. Yeah. I dig I dig turtles. What would you pick? To be the, yeah. the Charmander thing. So you would or, pick or, them actually and no, then actually you want to be that. Let's see, which one would I be? Yeah. Um Hmm. You could be a Snorlax. I know uh-huh. that's not, I know that's not one Oh, of the what's the, what's the little what's the little pink one that kind of like sl- like puts people to sleep with its music? Jigglypuff. There you yep. go. I'd be the jiggly, the jiggly puff, and then it would put people to sleep, and then draw on their faces in the show. Yeah. Oh, it would draw on their faces. Yeah. So like, okay, the microphone would have a marker on the end, and they draw on the face after you. <laughs> like that was his sleep. power. Like he'd play like some little kind of music or whatever, and would put you to sleep. Yeah, though, right? he would sing a song to hypnotize you, put you to sleep, and then draw on your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be, I'd be jiggly poof. The one that, Jigglypuff? Yes. Okay, Jigglypuff. If I'm going to be him, I should probably know how to say it. <laughs> Jigglypoof. The one that the one that I always thought was funny um, 
It it looked like a platypus. What was Psyduck. it? Psyduck. Yep. Psyduck? Who'd always yep. had a migraine because it's always grasping <laughs> its head. <laughs> but I thought, wasn't the Psyduck what it turned into? Psyduck turned into, um, no, it turned into a, a, a bigger version of the duck, but it was actually more cooler. Okay. More but cooler. no, I always thought yeah. it just really? looked like... Yeah. It just looked like it was kind of like just there. Like it, had, it looked like a guy that just like wandered out of the bar. Well, yeah, it always had migraines. Like in the bio, it says has migraines constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, these things have bios. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. Oh, I did not know. that. I was that. gonna say you could be a Snorlax, which is a gigantic one that just sleeps all day. <laughs> I could do that. I could do that. Well, I figured Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff would sleep too, or he just put people to sleep. Nah, man, you put people to sleep and then you disgrace, <laughs> disgrace their faces. <laughs> It's like you never be the person that sleeps at a party. Never the, never <laughs> yeah, the person really. that, that sleeps at a party. I think, all right, Hannah, what about you? You asked this question. I think I'd still be Pikachu. Oh. I still think it'd be fun to electrocute people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on that. But you have to be with, like, Ash the entire time. I mean, he's such a whiny kid. I'll electrocute him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, this is Pikachu's show. You can piss me off. Zap. <laughs> That would be cool, though. Just, like, throw, like, a little thunderbolt, like, zzz. Could you imagine that, though? Like, yeah. Could you imagine if people actually had these powers? Or Like, superpowers? Well, uh, yeah. In lighter terms, <laughs> yeah. But, like... <laughs> That'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. That'd In be fact, so... we're going to follow this up with... So, that was question number three. We'll follow... And we've done this one before. Uh, oh, yeah. What superpower, if you... That's what I was going to do. What... All right, but what we'll, we'll we'll let this be Hannah's question too. This will count as as hers too. What superpower, if you could pick anything, would you be or would you have? I'm going with mind reading. I think it'd be like that's a dangerous one. That would be yeah. that would be it could be dangerous, but it could be you could do a lot of damage with that. Coming from being a psych major, that's petrifying to have. <laughs> Especially trash talking on the field. Oh, man. If I know what's in your head, <laughs> so I'm just destroying reading, you. Just mind reading. Just no, mind no, reading. Like telekinetic or anything like that. Being Like being able to re- like speak with other people. Yeah. Like do that, move stuff with your mind. Or is it just like I can know what you're thinking? That'd be cool too. But if, uh, if, they, if you want to throw it in as a bonus, that's cool. Are but you- just mind reading. I'd say just mind reading. Like – you have to ch- – you can choose or, like, you can just, like, if you're in a crowded room with people, you hear everybody's thoughts. No, like, I mean, you know, you, you've got it down to a science where you could just, like, I'm looking at Hannah. I know what she's thinking. Nope, now I'm looking at Matt. I know what you're thinking. Like, if, okay. you know – Okay. You're able to shut off yeah. the group. Yeah. You're able hearing. to, like, turn it on and turn it off or, or just zero in on one person. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic on a soccer field or on a, on a sporting event. That'd be great trash talking. That would be. All right, so what would you guys superhero super be? speed. Super speed? Yeah. You're already fast, though. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Nah. You're faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, super speed. 100%. Okay. So I can still travel the world like with the power of flight and stuff. I can just run. Now, I always wonder, with super speed, do you need to have like endurance for you- super speed? Or is it just like you're so fast like you don't even have a... You don't even have well, a time to get gassed. You you don't have the time to get gassed, but you need like a special type of suit to protect your body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now is it you're super fast all the time or it's just fast like you can walk, but then if you I really... can walk, but if I want I can kick it in. So like walking speed is walking speed, but running speed is like supersonic speed. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
So that's cool. Hannah, what about you? I kind of feel like time traveling or like being able to zap like in and out of places. So like uh, if I got like teleporting. Like, yeah, that's what I was going for. Yep. Okay. Okay. Couldn't think of the word there. Like that'd teleporting. Be, that'd be cool. And teleporting in a different time, like different time eras and yeah. stuff too. Yeah. Okay. That could definitely be cool. Like instead of hey, spend ten thousand dollars to go on vacation for a week. <laughs> I'm already there. Yep. Been there, done that. Yeah. All right, that'd be and that'd I be kind of cool. I could do that just because I could run there instead. Okay, well you know, and what? then Larry would be stuck on the plane reading people's minds <laughs> for hours. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be reading Matt's mind, but like, wow, they're having a fun time on vacation. Yep. <laughs> Hi, can, I, can I get the fish? We're out of fish. No, you're not. No, you're not. I know you're. <laughs> Listen, but I'd be mind reading to get money so I could try. I you read the pilot's mind. It's like, man, I really should have. I really should have read the book before doing this. <laughs> I'm still sticking with mind reading. That's okay. okay. All right. Um, what are we on? Question four? Five. Four. Question five? five. Yeah, we're on four, I think. Four. No. Okay, whatever. All right. Question four. Um, all right. You know how they always had, like, uh, back in the day, they would have uh, the Jetsons or any TV show where it was, back like... Back in the I'm day. Boomerang. I'm Boomerang. Or they yeah. would, but any show that would look supposedly, like, Old. 50 years in the future, 100 years in the future, like Jetsons. We're going to have flying cars. We're going to yeah. have this, that. What's one thing that, like, looking from something, even back to the future when they went into the yeah, year... I was just thinking that. What's one thing that you're pissed that... All these futuristic movies said in the year 2020 they were going to have that we still don't have. Like, you know what I'm you know what I'm kind of getting at here. As it is, I wish it was the flying cars. The flying cars. You wouldn't. Okay, as long as you didn't have to pay for gas. If it was more of like an electric side of it. So an eco-friendly gas yeah. flying car. Yeah, yeah. I would think you'd have to. Or well, like just like a yeah, or solar power, whatever the. Heck, they decided to do with it. I really wanted a flying car. Now, is, does does uh, what are those things? Those jetpacks? Does that count as a flying car too, or is that like a totally it's different flying thing? transportation? Okay. Okay, I, then I guess the broad spectrum of flying, flying transportation. transportation. Okay, because I was gonna say fly the flying uh, jetpacks or whatever. I always thought they should have those by now. Maybe they do. Whatever they have them for water. I was gonna say I saw the ones on the water. Those but... are really cool. And I think I would I'd hurt myself. Hurt myself, yeah. I don't trust myself. Well, I'm I'd sure. waterboard myself underwater. Yeah, I'm I'm shooting myself straight down into the water. Nope. I'm still disappointed we don't have time travel. Whether it's like Bill and Ted in the time booth where you could just get into a phone booth, go back in a time. I'm still disappointed. Like I figured by now we should be able to travel to different times that we want. Or maybe even not like whenever but time. Yeah. Something. Like, just a, a do-over. Not necessarily that you can go back and change time. Like, there'd have to be some rules. But just, I don't know, a way to, like... Kind of like you can't be seen. Or, like, you can't engage. Yeah. Like, you'd have to be, like, almost like a ghost or something traveling through. Which of... Wasn't it Endgame where they had to go back in time? Yeah. Tony and, um... And they couldn't... Cap. Like, they couldn't mess with anything. Yeah. Almost like that. Yeah. Not that I've seen that movie, but I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. I'm never. I was never a big superhero you movie. Haven't seen it? I've never. My brother, uh, my younger brother, he loves like uh, the Marvel movies. The end. He's always saying, "Oh, you gotta." Uh, 
they did what the the Netflix series like Johnny Cage or Luke Cage. One Johnny of, Cage. Johnny Cage. I, no, Luke. Cage. Or uh, Luke Cage. Whatever. Johnny Cage was Mortal Kombat, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but he's like, I just, I never got into the whole superhero stuff movies, but it's okay. I'm more of a DC fan, anyways. DC, Marvel, they're all the, they're, no, they're all not. the same. No. They're all the same. No. Don't even get him going on it. <laughs> but Matt. It's not worth the fight. So, Matt, what's yours that I'm disappointed that we don't have time travel by now? I mean, I guess this, I don't think this exists 100%. Like, you know, in the Back to the Future, or like that, like the grandma who was also played by, by Michael J. Fox, which freaked me out because I had no idea <laughs> until like I was an adult. Um, put like that that microwavable like Pizza Hut thing in the thing, and then out pops like it rehydrates it. And oh, okay, out. yeah, yeah. Like I I know we don't have that a hundred percent. So wait, I guess what? That, yeah, it's like it was like this like dried little like disc, and it was like a pizza from Pizza Hut when Pizza Hut was a thing, and they put it in this rehydrator, and it popped back out like it was cooked, like not, full pizza. Not to crap on your dreams, but that's what MREs are. Well, no, I know that, but not not. <laughs> but I these heard, are like, these are like gourmet meal yeah. MREs. I was gonna say yeah. MREs are like not the best things to eat. Uh-huh. So oh, I'm, definitely, I'm, not. I'm talking about like Listen, I like the ham, the the scalloped potatoes and MREs. I thought were fantastic. That's fair. There's some great MREs, but a lot of them just are like I gotta eat it. Yeah. So I'm talking about something that you can do consistently. Like if you could get like a five course gourmet meal. And just like the little things, like that. Yeah. yeah, like the little pills. Like and just like pour a little water on them. And, and yeah, yeah. Or like or like those. Uh, I know this isn't a feature thing, but you remember in Spy Kids, the original Spy Kids, how she like put that thing in the microwave mm-hmm. and out pop McDonald's. Yep, that always looks so good to me. <laughs> like you just sit there and you you just kind of wonder why. Like we were younger and we thought that we would have this in 50 years, 20 years, 50 years, and now we're sitting here with the same exact stuff. Yeah, well, like, come Sometimes on, technology. condition. Maybe when we have kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question five. Who's got one to finish us up here? <laughs> I, I, I'm not laughing because I have one. I'm I was going to say that's one. scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Let's see. Question five. Anybody just just chime in if you've got one. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Don't hurt yourself. Mm, I was gonna say we can, <laughs> we can see the smoke over here. Um, Hannah, feel free to chime in too if you've got one. Hmm. Question: What's a, what's a good question to finish this, finish this episode off? Uh, um. Okay, we've been doing a lot of stuff about trash talking today. Best your mama joke. That you've ever either said or heard, oh, like best, know, best, think about this. best, yo mama joke. I'd have to look them back up. <laughs> oh come on, you've got to have sub off the top of your head. I like to say that any yo mama joke that was ever told to me, I would combat it with my life experience of having three mothers, <laughs> and then instantly would shoot any of these like disses towards me completely down because then people were doing math in their head. <laughs> any that were told to me I always turned into like straight dark humor jokes. Oh yeah. And sometimes they're way darker than anticipated. No, I'd even um and and I'll expand the question. It doesn't have to be like your mama jokes. It could be like your or you're so dumb, you're so this, like whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But no, if if somebody uh, and even to this day, some of my kids will uh, that I coach, they'll they'll give you know, coach your mom a joke or whatever, and I'm like, listen, my mom's dead, <laughs> and and they instantly do the, wait, what? I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm like, and after a while, I'm like, no, she's not. No. I, I say that too. Actually, one of my moms are dead though, so I can say. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom is alive. Sorry, Bob, if you're listening. Um, it's not funny, Larry. So most people actually have to deal with stuff like that. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my once my mom listens to this episode, I'm sure I'm gonna go. You telling people I'm dead? <laughs> no, she's nope, gonna sorry, be dead Bob. Now. Uh, I got one. I so got your one. best, you like your mama joke, your stupid joke. You're so fat. You're so this. What's your it, What's your best it joke? It goes well because of you know. What's coming up this weekend? <laughs> it was like your mom was so stupid that she would always bring a. Uh, she brought a spoon to the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I rode the bus as a kid. <laughs> That's all I got. Let's see. What was the one? Uh, your mama's so fat she sat on a rainbow and Skittles came out. <laughs> Wait, what? Or your, yeah, your mama's so fat she sat on a rainbow and made Skittles, or Skittles came out, or or something like that. Okay, I don't, um, know. I don't really have any. Let's see what uh, what are what are there some of your your so dumb jokes? You're so... that's it. We're going on Google. <laughs> nope, I'm pulling up one of the boys' Facebooks. He tells dad jokes. Dad jokes are good too. He pull he posts them all the time. Your mama's like a doorknob. Everybody gets a turn. <laughs> Your mama's like a race car. She burns four rubbers a day. Oh, my gosh. Come on. You guys have got to know some of your mama jokes. <laughs> That's so bad. Okay. All right. You're, you're so dumb. Or your mama's so dumb she thought a quarterback was a refund. I got one. It says your mama's so fat when she fell I didn't laugh. But the sidewalk cracked up. <laughs> It's so bad. Oh no! Wow, these are a lot of. Oh, I'm telling you, that was bad. maybe that maybe you guys are too young for your Baba jokes. But... Oh no, this one's great. Your mom was so fat. If she was a Star Wars character, her name would be Admiral Snack Bar. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I can already oh, the, the orange juice concentrate one. You ever heard that one? Your mom's so stupid. She stared at the thing of orange juice because it said concentrate. <laughs> why are they like mama jokes too? Like why are they so directed towards the moms? That's so unfair. So I think back in the like, if you hear a kid like you know, if somebody makes fun of your mama, but like, what'd you say about my mama? Like you're like you're gonna yeah. that's gonna set you off. Your mama's so stupid. She got hit by a parked car, <laughs> which I've actually been hit by a parked car myself. Wouldn't that be you hitting well, the parked car then? Yeah. Kind of both. <laughs> we both hit each other. You're you're not the one getting damaged. You're the one doing the damage. I did some damage. Oh dear God, that doesn't surprise me. Oh Lord. All right. Any more? Any last? Your mama jokes. All right. I have a stupid dad joke. All right. Let's hear a stupid dad joke. Ever wonder why eggs can't tell jokes? It's because they crack each other up. <laughs> They're like these stupidest <sighs> dad jokes. Oh yeah, I'll, and this is what I get from the boys. I'll tell the corny jokes, like I'll, especially if one of my kids are on the field and they get hurt or whatever, or if I've got to run out of the field. I'll if they're pay, I'll just say a stupid joke just to get them to crack up to laugh. Or and usually the response I get is, "Coach, that's so corny." Yeah, or "Coach, that's not funny." 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it distracted you from the pain a little bit, didn't it, dummy? It just takes your mind <laughs> off things, no matter how stupid it is. Absolutely. Well, it's Hannah, terrible. thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're going to definitely have to have you back on um, again. Um, this was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was. This Good. Was my first podcast I've ever been on. What'd you think? Me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I really loved it. It's kind of fun. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll definitely have to have you on again. Uh, Matt, thank you as always. And we will see everybody again next time on another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I got one that's political.